This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. Last week, I was discussing burnout with a therapist, and we really got into the nuts and bolts of what happens in our brains when we experience burnout and how to recover from it. But I also wanted to get the perspective of a content creator. Mayuko is a software engineer who actually left her career in tech to become a full-time creator in 2020. Let me just run that back real quick. Mayuko left the high-stress world of Silicon Valley to become a full-time content creator during the pandemic. I just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page there because what? Anyway, Mayuko has created some really great videos in the past addressing burnout and falling into the trap of hustle culture. So I wanted to unpack burnout with a creator who jumped out of one fire working in tech into a completely different fire as a content creator. This is Creative Control. I'm your host, Casey Finey. Each week, I'll be unpacking the driving forces and people shaping the creator economy and what it all means for its future. Hi, Mayuko. I am really excited to talk to you because I know you have a really interesting path toward becoming a content creator. So I'd love to start there. How did you go from working in tech to becoming a content creator? Totally, yeah. Um, I went to school for computer science. I went to UCSD to study computer science. And a lot of that was just driven by kind of the, like, I really want to have financial stability after graduation sort of thing. Um, so I did that for school. And then I went into tech um, as an iOS software engineer um, right afterwards. And so I worked for about six years in like various tech companies and startups and stuff like that. Um, in the middle of that, I, you know, in, it was around 2017. So I was like four years into working. I decided to start my YouTube channel because I was just like, oh, I feel like I have something to share here about my journey into technology. Um, at the time, in terms of the YouTube space, there wasn't a lot of content talking about software engineering and technology outside of coding. Like there was a lot of great coding tutorials and stuff like that. But I was just like, there's something about the lifestyle of like a software engineer, something about like the career tips, uh, what's going on in my mind. Like, I just feel like technology in general often has this kind of like, oh, it's like this big money, really intense, <laughs> hyper competitive world, which is true. But I was also just like, but I'm also here. I'm thriving. I feel like I've made it to some extent. And I also don't want people to get scared off by that really intense culture because there's so many parts of tech that aren't. So that's why I started my channel. And then three years later, I decided to take the leap to do YouTube full time. Um, I left my job at Netflix as an iOS software engineer. And I was just like, this is really what I want to do. Let's um, pause there for a second. You left a job at Netflix to become <laughs> a full time content creator. I did. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So previous to Netflix, I was working at Patreon, also, you know, a company that helps creators get paid. So I was very like creatively interested and just, I was just like, I love that I can use my skills to help creative people there. At a certain point, I was just like, all right, I'm done commuting to San Francisco every day because it's a lot. And I just feel like I've learned everything that I wanted to. I moved to Netflix, found a really great team, awesome manager, like loved my time there. But I was there for a little over a year. Um, I basically, I, I literally, I went to that job and I was just like, listen, Jordana, she's my manager. I was like, listen, I don't know if I want to stay in tech forever, to be, to be honest. 
I feel like I'm starting to hit some sort of ceiling of just like my interest in this area sort of thing. I was just like, I'm so glad. Thank you for the offer. I'm really grateful for that. Like literally, thank you so much for this. But let me just be honest with you. This is where I'm at. Hmm. It was an awesome job. Honestly, there was like really nothing wrong with it per se. Like I just loved the people that I worked with and the projects I worked on were really fun. And I got to like grow my skills as an iOS developer. But I was also just like, okay, if I stay here for another two years, what am I going to learn here? I'll probably become a better iOS developer. I'll probably um, learn how to collaborate with lots of different kinds of people at Netflix. But like compared to this YouTube thing I'm doing on the side where I can like really connect with an audience out there that I never would be able to connect with or like build these skills and like storytelling and editing and like filming and all of that. Those to me were just like a lot more exciting to me than staying in a job where I was just like, it's great. Like there's really nothing wrong with it. It's just, I'm not excited by it. There's nothing that's really pulling me to be like, yes, like this is exactly what I want to be doing, what I want to be spending my time and energy on versus YouTube was this kind of like new shiny thing where I was like, this is really cool. Like I, I didn't even know how to like edit like two years ago and now I just want to get better at it. Hmm. Um, not to mention, you know, outside of the creative stuff, it's like getting to own my own business and figuring out how to make strategic calls to grow my business and like learning how to be a content creator and like all of that, like that was just so different and exciting for me that um, I took the leap and it was, it was definitely very hard. I had like a really uh, honestly terrible like experience with like panic and anxiety mm. when I was doing that. Cause I was completely changing my like value set, I guess. Right. Cause all this time, you know, ever since I was a teenager, I was like, I want to build stability in my life. I'm going to make risk averse decisions that help me to, um, just like live a good stable life and becoming a YouTuber is like <laughs> anything but in a lot of ways. Yeah. Again, we're going to pause <laughs> because <laughs> the thing about it is, is that you were suffering these panic attacks because you were changing your whole value set of your, of, of living. You went full time as a content creator in 2020. That's like two years after all these creators on YouTube were saying, Hey, super burnt out. Hey, we're very stressed here. So why? <laughs> well, okay. No, that that's totally true. Like, I think I I very much remember like when, because that was right after when YouTubers would literally make these videos of like, they're in tears and they're just like, I can't do this anymore kind of thing. And you said yes. Some of that, please. I said yes. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, you know, I think part of it was working at Patreon and being exposed to lots of creators who were both burnt out, but also not burnt out. And just like, mm -hmm. like to me, I was just like, yeah, I think burnt and at the time burnout was becoming more and more of a topic. And we were like, what really is burnout? What does it feel to be burnt out? How serious should we take it? Should we actually like advocate for ourselves to take time off of it and stuff like that? And I think I had experienced burnout at my tech job before I even did any of the like content creation stuff. And so I lived through that and it sucked. And I was just like, I don't want to go to work. I don't know what I'm doing this for. It's hard for me to understand what impact I'm making. And it was, it was really tough, but luckily like I, I was able to get through it with therapy, with taking time off with a really understanding manager. And so I kind of saw where I was just like, okay, Burnout happens, but like, and it is on me to kind of like take care of myself in those moments and to recognize that it's burnout. But like, it's not forever, I guess, is one of the things that I took away from it where I was just like, yeah, like sometimes I am going to run myself into the ground with work and I'm going to overexert myself and all of that. And I've done that in tech, like people burn out all the time in technology, unfortunately. But like something about 
content creation in YouTube, I was like, well, the one thing that I know about burnout is that it can happen when your interests and your value set don't align with what you're doing day to day. And to me, I was just like, okay, if I keep working as a software engineer, it's just like, it's going to lead to a like burnout probably sooner rather than later. I can just see it happening because it's happened before. Whereas YouTube, I was like, yeah, I could probably still burn out in YouTube and like that, that's a thing. But I kind of felt like I had a little bit more control over a lot of that just because like I was going to work for myself. I was going to be able to make my own calls and stuff like that. And it was just like, it just felt like the pros outweighed the cons a little bit where I was like, I know that this is really what I want to be doing. Yes, there could be burnout, but I could just be cognizant of that a little bit and make sure I'm not running faster than I can handle kind of thing. So you actually made a video last December titled, It's Okay to Take a Break. And let me tell you that that video has just been on repeat in my head since I discovered it because it's something that I constantly need to remind myself of. So I really appreciate you making that video. And I want to ask, I mean, what what led you to making that video? What was going on for you to say, you know what, I need to make a video titled, It's Okay to Take a Break? Yeah. I mean, uh, like I can literally name all of the months and periods in my time as a full-time content creator where I was running myself into the ground. And like that video was one such one. Like the cool thing about content creation, just like being creative person online is like, you really can turn some of the thoughts that you have into works, like articles, videos, whatever. Right. And so I made that video because I was like, I need to make this as a reminder to myself that it is okay to take a break. And like sometimes I was just like, you know, and before that I tried where I was just like, just mentally, Mayuko, it's okay to take a break. Like just keep telling yourself that, like put post-it notes around your desk, your bathroom, whatever. And I I was just like, something is not clicking. My body is still just like, I don't care. Like we're just going to keep running. And so so I was just like, okay, how can I, (laughs) I know, I know. I was like, I'm telling you, girl, this is what you need. And she's just like, no, we're just going to keep running. No, let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, this is not good. I really have to intervene in some way here, you know? And I, I go to therapy. I go to therapy every other week. And so like, I was just like, okay, like from the things that I've learned sometimes, like I really just have to kind of be creative with like, how can I really align all of the parts of myself, my body, my soul, my, my thoughts, you know, all of that. And like, to me, I was just like videos, like videos are a a way for me to process things. And so honestly, I wrote the script and I was just like, it kind of feels like a journal entry, but like, obviously it's not going to include all of the super personal details, but I do think it's a message that I need to hear for myself. I'm pretty sure there are other people who also need to hear it too. Like, I think, you know, the last few years, all of us have been just purely exhausted. And I was just like, okay, um, like we, maybe it's, it's worth putting that message out there. of just like, it's okay to take a break. Things aren't going to go catastrophically wrong. Most likely if you do, because for me, like whenever I need that message, it's usually, to me, it feels like I am suspended in 10,000 like 10,000 feet high and I don't know how to get down from there. And it's really scary for me. And so, um, you know, I'm still not perfect at it of taking breaks and not running super fast. And like, it's likely that I'll be burnt out again someday, you know, like it's going to happen. But I think every time that happens, I see it as like a challenge of like, okay, how can I slow myself down? How can I like check in with myself well before I even get to that really, really scary panicky place. Mm. Um, and what are the signs that I can pay attention to for myself right. without needing to go there, I guess. I mean, not to get 
personal, but I mean, what are your signs? Because I feel like this is something that in talking to people like you and talking to even just my friends, I feel like it helps to understand like how it creeps up in people. And so for you, like, what are your signs of, of knowing, hey, I need to slow down? For sure. That's totally true. Like, you just don't know what those signs are until you kind of hear about them. But for me, one of them is like, it's hard for me to turn off at night, I guess. Um, Wow. I see you, you see me. Oh, God. I cannot (laughs) shut my brain off at night at all. Right. It's just like you feel like your brain is moving like 100, 200 miles an hour. And you're just like, okay, I literally need you to like slow down to something more comfortable. (laughs) Nighttime is definitely one of those signs where I'm just like, if there's thoughts just constantly going in my head. And, you know, sometimes I do think where I'm just like, this is a good thing. I have so many thoughts. I have so many ideas. Like, how could this possibly be a bad thing, right? And so, like, sometimes I will let it go. And I'm just like, this is awesome. I'm just flowing with ideas and thoughts. And my brain is working so well. But then after so many nights or, you know, after so many weeks of it happening, like, I'm just like, all right, but I'm tired. <laughs> I, I need sleep. Like, like this is great and all, but like, can we just pause for one second? <laughs> Definitely like sleeping is one. For me, another one, especially after my panic episode, is just like anxiety. And my anxiety manifests in a way where it's just like, and sorry if this is triggering for anybody, but for me, anxiety feels like my body is responding to something really scary when there isn't anything there. So mm. my heart rises, my brain is just like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And I'm just like, I'm making a sandwich. Like what could there be oh no about? And so there's this big disconnect. And so like, I noticed that when my anxiety is really bad, it usually means that I'm also just not taking care of myself. So whether that means like, I'm not sleeping well enough, I'm not eating well, I'm not hanging out with my friends and getting the social time. Um, I'm just not like listening to my body because there are times where I, you know, I listen to it and my body is screaming at me like, <laughs> Mayuko, please listen to me. Like you are not like you're not treating me well or you're not listening to what I really want to do right. kind of thing. So um, all of those things result in anxiety because literally anxiety to me is my body screaming at me like yeah. you have to do something about this um, and it makes me really uncomfortable. So those are usually my like two Mm. big signs of like, oh yeah, this is going down the wrong path for, and you know, if it happens once, twice, fine. If it becomes a pattern is when I'm just like, interesting. Okay. This is bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. And when we're back, Mayuko and I deconstruct the myth of hustle culture. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. There's sort of a, a video in parallel to the one you made about being it being okay to take a break, and the other video was kind of re- like denouncing hustle culture, just saying it wasn't for you, which I think, again, resonated <laughs> yeah. so deeply with me because... I feel like we have, just in society in general, but we're just in this mentality of always producing more, always doing more, do more, do more, be more, go, 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 go. And on the one end, it's great, right? You know, you want, because I I feel me, myself, I'm naturally a very productive person. Like I always, I enjoy what I do. I feel fortunate that I have so much of it to do, but I feel like I also need breaks. I also would like to, 
do a little bit less sometimes. And I think, you know, society <laughs> and our culture makes that seem as if, oh, you're being lazy. Oh, you're not being as you're not being productive. Totally. And so where are you now with hustle culture? Because, you know, in, in the video you were talking about how that was really that really came into focus when you're working in the tech industry, which I mean that is runs rampant over there. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. But now being a full-time content creator and working for yourself, I mean, there you have to have that hustle. So what right. is your relationship now with hustle culture? You know, as a content creator, it's like people talk about the content treadmill of like needing to post often, you need to stay fresh all the time. And also it's just like you're owning your own business, especially if you're doing full-time. This is your livelihood, like making videos. Like if you don't post videos, you're not going to be able to feed yourself kind of thing. So like that's also very much rampant in content creation, right? But I think the way that I see it now, and because I think I've gone through this like two-year journey of like stepping into something that I was scared of, but I was really excited by having done it and like tackling big projects, tackling things that I've always wanted to do that I didn't have time for, um, and then proving to myself that like, yeah, I can I can do it. Like I, 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 if I really want to do it, I can do it and I, um, I can do it well. And so now that I'm here, my relationship is very much like, you know, sometimes it's okay to hustle because you're going to need to. Like there are just sometimes when life or work or whatever else comes up and it's going to ask for more of you than you're, you can give comfortably. But like those are the times where you're going to also learn a lot. You're also going to be um, stretched out of your comfort zone. You're going to get new perspectives and stuff. It's just I don't – it's not healthy for that to like always be the case, right? Like if you're constantly stretching – yourself it's it's like if you were to work out every single day 365 and try to get like a new record which like our bodies just don't work like that right like we have to rest our bodies we have to stretch yeah, no. it out i'm never in danger of doing that i'm never in danger <laughs> of working out every Same. single day so another analogy because that's never gonna be me <laughs> right 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 yeah uh, so yeah <laughs> i think you know it's, it's it's stuff like that where it's just like there are times where you need to like push yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's just life. That's the world that we live in. But you also have to like advocate, honestly. Yeah, I say advocate because sometimes you do have to step up for yourself and just be like, I need to chill right now. And so for me, like it's been more about finding a better balance of what that is and also hustling on the things that I want to. Not because I was told to, because mm. I think the thing about hustle culture is sometimes it feels like they're like, you have to hustle just for the sake of hustling because that's a noble cause, right. which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that per se, you know, cause that still stretches you out of your comfort zone. But after a while, like, I think like I got to a point in tech where I was just like, I'm hustling, but I don't know what for, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. Like to me, it's been more of a balance. And like, I think there's nothing inherently wrong with it. But like, I think the important thing is to do that sort of like inner work, inner reflection of just like, what do I want to hustle for? What, what are the things that I want to learn and how can I get opportunities or like create instances for myself to, to learn those skills and to stretch myself out of that comfort zone? I know that when during sort of the peak of this conversation around burnout, the lot of YouTube creators are speaking out, you know, the CEO came forth and addressed it to some extent. And I know that a lot of that sense of pressure is self-imposed. You know, a lot of people feel like, you know, I, I need to keep feeding the algorithm, feeding my channel. I need to stay relevant. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, so it's not to put it on YouTube at all, you know, it's just a platform, but do you think there's anything that 
YouTube or any of these other platforms should be doing to help ensure that the creators on their platforms aren't experiencing burnout as significantly as they have been? I feel like there are a lot of different things about like, oh, is the algorithm good for you? Is the algorithm bad for you? And like, I kind of, there's so many studies on it. I'm definitely not the subject matter expert to talk about any and all of that. But like, I, I'm kind of starting to accept it as a, as a content creator that it's just like, this is just what we're working with. Like, there's probably not going to be a day where like, we all go back to sequential chronological timelines, because that's the thing of the past. Like, it's going to be impossible to have all of these tech companies change the way that they feed content to you. And so like, that's a constraint that like, I'm going to work with, right? So like, what what are the ways that tech companies can help with that? And I think like, um, some of them are definitely doing things to just like, help promote kind of like, more conscious decision making in, cre- in consuming content, I guess. Because one of the things that happens with content is just like, you watch one TikTok, and then three hours later, you're still on TikTok kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. It just Yikes. sucks you yeah. in, right? And it's just like, yeah, like part of it is content creators always wanting to make content that is like, really clickbaity or it keeps you on and stuff like that. But that's also driven by viewer behavior. Like viewers are just more likely to click on clickbaity content and just watch till the end. So like we could all, you know, individually consciously try to make a decision to just be like no more clickbaity content. Viewers are also just like, I'm not going to fall for these traps, but I just don't. (laughs) That's never going to happen. It's absolutely like not realistic. Right. And so, yeah, I think where it can be helpful is like for tech companies to promote um, and talk about like, healthy consuming habits so that it's on the user to uh, like, you know, creators and viewers to decide for themselves what's healthy for them. Mm. It's not an easy answer because it means like everyone has to do their reflecting to decide how much content they want to consume or how, what kind of content they want to create. You want people on the internet to reflect. Wow. You're just asking <laughs> for way too ass. much money. <laughs> I know, but I think that's where we're at right now. Honestly, yeah. like, as more and more people realize that they're more burnt out, as more and more people realize they're like, oh, I'm spending so much time on social media, but I want to be doing this other thing towards life. But everyone has their own journey and everyone has to realize it on their own. Tech companies are there to like create, uh, to allow people to discover content, to find information, also to make money is definitely a big part of that. And like they have their own stakeholders, they have their own metrics that are trying to meet and nothing is going to move in such a huge way quickly, in my opinion. Mm. So I, yeah, really, (laughs) I think the only fix really is like people of the internet just take some time to reflect on like what kind of impact you want to be making onto the world if you're a creator. Um, Like how do you want your audience to react to things? Uh, Like what kind of audience do you want to cultivate? What kind of things do you want them to think about? Um, Like how are you influencing their viewer behavior? And then on the viewer side, it's thinking about like, okay, what kind of creators do you want to watch? Like how much content do you want to watch? What do you get out of watching these things? Like does it actually bring you joy or is it, do you feel that sense of dread because you've just wasted however many hours on something that you didn't want to? Mm -hmm. You know, as a content creator, I definitely... Like, there's definitely a part of me that still has to play the game of, like, making clickbaity content sometimes um, and, like, doing that of, like, being a part of the creator ecosystem. But I am also very cognizant of, like, if I want – if if anybody's going to binge my stuff, um, I want them to, like, walk away feeling, like – calmer or like reflective or just like safer or like new perspective instead of just like, wow, that was a complete waste (laughs) of my time. (laughs) And 
to sum up everything we've been talking about, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on how you see burnout and the continued conversations around it shaping the creator economy in the future. Mm. That is a good question. You know, I can't predict the future at all, but I'm hoping that like these conversations about burnout and mental health, like continue to get bigger and bigger, not just in content creation, but everywhere else. And then we can actually like figure out like, okay, how can we create more intentional experiences? How can we create more intentional pieces of content? How can we all just like advocate for ourselves uh, in our own lives to, to take the steps to live the life that we want? I think part of it is like the internet is a beautiful thing and that we can learn everything and anything that we want these days because the information's right there. But it also exposes us to a lot of different types of people and like different ways of living and working than we have before. And I think the bias is just like to do more, 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 like just constantly be outputting things. But I think if we can look at it from a different lens of just like, maybe you don't have to do more quantity wise. Uh, Maybe we can like take a step back and like commit to less, but like work in a way that we want. Like, I kind of feel like the world would look really differently (laughs) if we all did that. Yes, it would. (laughs) Yeah. It absolutely would. (laughs) Oh, Mayuko, thank you so much for this. This was such a pleasure. Having these conversations helps me process my burnout and hopefully anyone else who's listening because it's very real. And I (laughs) struggle with fighting it like every day and just really trying to take those breaks, give, extend myself a little bit of grace. And so, yeah, so this, this is going to be my sort of public record. Like you made your video about taking a break. This episode is going to be my reminder that yeah. I need to, to take a break and really you know, think about these things a little bit because I, I, I just have a tendency to keep pushing through. And what happens when you don't have the energy to push anymore? here we are. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Fast Company podcasts are produced by Avery Miles, Blake Odom, and Franz Bowen, who's leaving us. No. Oh, that's crazy. My beloved producer Franz is leaving for another opportunity. There's, there's no shame in it. It's a part of life. And we're very excited for him. I'm very bitter about it. I want everybody to know that it's okay. But we're going to pretend to be very excited for him. We love you, Franz. Get your hustle on. Always. Anyway, editing and sound design is by Nicholas Torres. Our executive producer is Joshua Christensen. Deputy editor David Litsky provided editorial oversight for this episode, as well as senior VP of entertainment Scott Mebus. This episode's for you, Franz. We're going to miss you. And that's all I got to say about that.